This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Beauty Now, a weekly podcast where we bring you the latest on plastic surgery, lashes, hair, vaginal rejuvenation, soulfulness, weight loss, skin, hair, extensions, implants, lifts, lasers, and much, much more. Today, we're lucky to have part two with our amazing interview with Bronwyn Marmo. She's a best-selling author and success coach. More importantly, she's a success in her own life. Bronwyn's lost 50 pounds and wrote an amazing book, The Food is a Lie, The Truth is Within. Bronwyn, tell us how you did it and welcome back. Oh, Terry, it's so good to be back. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I had been heavy my whole life, so... You got to know uh, before I exactly tell you how you di- how I did it um, that I struggled with this. This was an issue that for decades I shamed and degraded my body. I was heavy as a child, got teased. I went on my first diet when I was 12 years old, and after that, in my teens, a doctor placed me on a liquid diet. And yes, I lost weight, but the moment I started eating again, I gained the weight. So I yo-yo dieted for decades. And then so you when started I started that cycle that many, many listeners today are going to really relate to this. I think this is such a great show. Go ahead. Oh, well, it, and it's such a vicious cycle, too, because you really undermine yourself. You really start doubting your abilities. You start d- shaming and degrading your bodies, and it's just a downward spiral. And so... What was what I was able to do after years and years of abuse that I had done to my body is I realized that something is wrong with this picture. I am doing everything society told me to do. I have gone off, gone on diet after diet, and I was exercising. But what was the missing component? And what I realized was what was missing in my life was a positive focus or a positive reinforcement of my body. I had to learn to love my body as it was, as it was obese. Um, I had to learn to love my extra fat and my uh, dimples and everything else that came with it, my stretch marks. I had to learn to love my body. And in learning to love my body, I was able to, l- to release the weight and I have kept it off now 11 years. How do you start? I mean, really, when you say love your body, don't you mean love yourself? Absolutely. It's about loving yourself. As we, Definitely. But also loving your body, loving your body parts. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, That's when I so first... important for this show, really. I mean, I think that we can focus on, okay, if you want to change one part of yourself, but when you don't change the inside, mm-hmm. and, and I really love, I think this is what your book is about, is that diets don't work, do they? 
No, diets really don't work. And you were asking me about, you know, how did I start loving myself? Well, it was one body part at a time. I, when I started this 11 years ago, I could not think of one thing that I liked about my body. I, every time I passed a mirror, I would just cringe in disgust. But I thought harder and harder, and after a few days, I said, what can I love about my body? And I started with, okay, I can love my eyes. If nothing else, I, I can honestly say I love my eyes. And I just started from there. And every time I passed a mirror, I would just focus in on my eyes and say, I love my eyes. That's because, great. Because what we, what we focus on expands. So if by me focusing on one thing that I love my eyes, I was able to then a few weeks later go, oh, well, I love my teeth. You know, I came up with my teeth next, and then for me, it turned into my legs. And then one by one, I was able to expand that till pretty soon I was like, I love my body. I can honestly say that. And by loving your body, what do you do? When you love something, what do you do? You take care of it. You absolutely take care of it. You cherish it. You fuel it with healthy food. So it's it's really um, begins with your awareness of how you are talking to yourself. Now, you did ask me, how come diets don't work? Well, here's why. The reason why diets don't work is because they treat the symptoms and not the underlying cause of the symptoms. Like, diets never get to the root of why we are overeating or eating things that we know are not good for our body. And also, we also look at diets as the only cure. When we discover a new diet, I know I said this a hundred times, you know, I'd be like, yippee, I have found the answer to all my problems. You know, and if diets actually worked, we wouldn't be paying tens of billions of dollars a year for the answer to our weight challenges. You know, don't you think we would have found the answer by now? If it Definitely. Truly- if it truly came in a pill or a bottle or anything else, we would have found the answer. Well, you would say motivation needs to come in a pill. So that you're saying you've got to find it within yourself. Absolutely. You know, we spend a lot of time focusing on the problem of losing weight, and that also sets us up for failure because we talk about it with our friends and family members. I mean, we read diet books and magazines and anything that promises a quick fix to our perceived problem. Well, when we constantly obsess about losing weight, we send a distress message to our bodies. And it, it's like a red flashing light, and sirens go, go off, and they're like, alert, alert, we're losing something here. We must replace it immediately. So, you know, this often causes us, we may, we may find ourselves losing a few pounds, but then we gain it back because this causes us to eat even more unhealthy food because we're so in fear of losing something. So when we focus on the problem of losing weight, we actually create even more of a problem. And this keeps us stuck in a vicious cycle. And pretty soon our entire being has become so wrapped up in the losing weight that we postpone the joy and the peace and the happiness and the love that could so much be a part of our lives. Well, do you think this starts in childhood? From our parents. I mean, I don't think that they meant to, but I think that they give you messages about yourself and they just didn't know how to say things to you. And they didn't really care about food. I think growing up, we lived in a fast food culture and 
I don't really think that they properly taught us because we didn't know. Well, you know what? I don't necessarily um, blame parents because, you know, everyone was doing the best that they could at the time. Um, I think society has accepted this this false, um, this falseness that tells us that, you know, we can have a quick solution. All you have to do is buy this product and you will be cured of all your problems. We, we tend to think that diet and body and, and whether we're skinny or whether we're, you know, fat or whatever it is, we tend to think that that is um, the root of our problem. Like, we think that, oh, I mean, I know for me, when I was heavy, I would say over and over, when I lose weight, then I'll be happy. When I lose weight, then I'll get a date. You know, so I was postponing joy. I was postponing my life. Or, you know, or when I lose weight, then I'll go shopping and buy nice clothes or get, get clothes that fit me. But in the meantime, I'm just going to wear, you know, really scruffy clothes because I'm heavy. So, you know, I think that we have tied up so much into our weight. We have tied up our whole lives um, with our weight. And I, what I'm trying to teach people is that, you know what, whether we're carrying a few extra pounds or not has nothing to do with the quality of the life that you can receive. You can still have the utmost joy, the utmost love. In fact, when you claim that, when you claim love and joy and peace and happiness in your life right now, no matter what body size, you will automatically, by feeling the love and allowing it to wash through you, your body will automatically gravitate toward higher quality foods because you feel so good. You feel light, so you're going to want to nourish your body in a healthy way. And listen to your body. That is such a good message, too. What would you say to parents who do have a child that feels really bad about themselves and and is overweight and gets teased at school? How would you help the parents to inspire their children to love themselves? Oh, such a good question. I actually have chills because... I was a child who got teased in school. I was the one who, you know, just felt so alienated when I was a child and even in my early teens and 20s and my early 30s. But It's a horrible time because it's uh-huh. harder on kids. You know, they, they don't understand. It absolutely is. What I would suggest to any parent, whether their child was overweight or not, is to absolutely love their child as they are right now. Shower them with love. I believe, I believe that kids pick up on the way we feel toward them. So if they are accepted unconditionally by their parents, if they are loved no matter what, they will feel that and feel secure and feel confident and feel ready to, to maybe make some changes. But if they are at all sensing that they're, they feel disapproval from their parent because maybe their parent is thin or whatever it may be, um, they will sense that and then feel like a failure. That's so, really good advice. I think that they have to see the parent, thin or fat, setting a good example about loving themselves, but also choosing healthy food for their body, and that's it. You, I, I wouldn't say anything else. Absolutely. I mean, that is, that is it. You've got it. And I will never forget this, um, this story. I was about 12 years old, and I was talking to my mom about 
um, me wanting to go on a diet. And this was all generated from me. My mom never, ever said anything to me about it. And um, this was generated for me that I wanted to lose weight. And, she, and I was telling her this and feeling really upset and about how the kids teased me. And my mom turned to me and she said, Bronwyn, you are beautiful just the way you are. You don't need to change anything about you. You don't need to try and lose weight. You are beautiful inside and out. And by her giving me that reassurance and knowing, it was out of that feeling of confidence that I chose to start eating healthier food. So can you see how that gave me the, the anchor to, to really feel confident, to know that I'm a good person no matter what. I'm a good person whether I have a few extra pounds on me or not. But, um, she, so, she but really... when you started your spiral, when you did get out of control, mm-hmm. you weren't feeling that. And so something changed for you. So, so that was great that your mom said that. But what changed for you when you got out of control? What changed for me is I, again, just I went back into start, starting to doubt myself. I allowed the voices from the outside world, the, the people, society, the magazines, the television, that voice inside of me was louder than my inside voice at the time. And I started doubting myself. I started feeling like I didn't fit in. I, you know, I was, I was sad. I was depressed. I could never, ever achieve this um, perfect perfect body or perfect life that I was feeling I wanted because I saw others have it. And so that just automatically set up this huge barrier between me and the life that I thought I should be leading. So what, what would happen is I constantly felt less than. I felt bad about myself. I felt like a loser. <laughs> and um, and so, here you are, a news anchor, yep. and had achieved great success in your own life. Yes, and I still didn't think that that was good enough. I still didn't think that. And in fact, I mean, when I was on the air, I had viewers calling in going, what is wrong with Bronwyn? Because I would lose weight, and then I would balloon back up. I mean, just I would gain, you know, 20 to 30 pounds right there in, in a few months. And um, so what I would do when I was a news anchor, here I was, very, very visual, and um, every night after work, I would go to the store, stock up on cookies and ice cream and anything else, go home to my apartment, and just eat myself sick. Fall so you were asleep. binge eating. So you oh, were binge yeah. eating. Oh, yeah. I was a binge eater because I was trying to stuff those feelings of inadequacy and fear and that I wasn't good enough or less than. I was just stuffing them, numbing myself and just stuffing them down. So, Bronwyn, if there's a listener out there today who's listening to this and hearing your story, how, what advice would you give them to, to try to stop today? To, I, I want to go back to your first comment that you said. Find one thing. You, you said you found your eyes. So maybe just go in the mirror and say, I love my eyes all day long and just choose healthy things for my body. Yes, yes. That is a great place to start. I would also suggest they start with with awareness. That's where it all begins. Become aware of what you are actually telling yourself. Because so many times, like, I didn't know that I was calling myself a fat pig. I mean, I didn't realize it. It was just such common language that I just didn't even realize it. It wasn't until I stopped and kind of started noticing 
what I was doing and what I was thinking inside of me, um, I would, I, first of all, I hated to go into the kitchen because I had this vision that why should, should this fat person, why should I, this fat person, be seen in a kitchen? So I used to just, I would avoid the kitchen like the plague because I had this vision of me of being a fat person who didn't even have, who didn't belong in the kitchen. In fact, wasn't even worthy enough of taking up any space in this world. Well, so many people feel like you do. We're going to have to take a quick commercial break. I want to keep on going. I think this is just such an important topic for the nation. Thanks, Bronwyn. We're here with Bronwyn Marmo, and we're going to be right back. Beauty Now with Terry Strzok. This is Carrie Garrison with Camera Dojo. If you'd like to make the most out of your photography, come check us out at the Camera Dojo podcast at personallifemedia.com. I'm Terry Strzok, host of Beauty Now, and we've been talking with Brahman Marmo. She's a weight loss success coach, and she's lost 50 pounds and written a best-selling book, The Truth is Within, The Food is a Lie. Well, it's the other way around. The food is a lie. The truth is within. But welcome back, Bronwyn, and thank you. This is such a great topic. We just left off with you saying you didn't even want to go in the kitchen. Yeah, because I didn't feel I was even worthy of taking up space in this world, and not let alone the shame of being seen in a place where there's food and I'm cooking food and all that, because I felt like, oh my gosh, if anyone were to see me, they would just think that this was really, you know, why should this heavy person be you know, in there. So you can, you can see that my language about myself was really cruel. It was so deep and, and just, you, uh, you can also tell by my language, I had very little, uh, I felt very, uh, like I had low self-esteem. The value of me as a person was very low. Um, I was suffering from a lot of different things like that, but it started, I, I became aware of it by, by noticing my thoughts. Well, Dawn, and, even thin people are cruel to themselves. I wanted to, you know, extend that to our listeners, too. I mean, I know so many people that are thin and have body dysmorphic and all different types of things that have that mentality where they're just going to beat themselves up. So can you give us an idea how to recognize the diet mentality as opposed to the balanced health mentality, which will fit for everybody, thin, fat, whatever? Absolutely. You know, it's, it is so fascinating when I started this work. There is a clear difference between the diet mentality and the balanced health mentality. And here it is. Think about this. We've all done this. I, here's the diet mind. I am restricting my food for a certain period of time. We do that all the time. You know, we think that. Here's the balanced health mind, though. This is a journey, a lifestyle change that is achieved one day at a time. Now, here's the diet mind again. I have to have control of my eating. 
Now, the balanced health mind would say, I'm giving up control and allowing the inner intelligence of my body to guide me. And the diet mind would say, I can't trust myself around food. That's what I was telling myself when I wouldn't ever go in the kitchen. Well, the balanced health mind says, I'm at peace with food and trust that I will make the best choices for my highest and best good. Now, here's one more, and then we can talk further about it. But the diet mind would say, my focus is on being thin, and I won't be happy until I am. The balanced health mind says, my focus is on thriving in a healthy, vibrant body, and every day is a celebration of the journey. So can you really see and feel and hear the difference of those two mindsets? I can definitely hear those because you can hear so many things going through your mind, especially when you feel starving. Actually, my listeners can laugh. Yesterday, I had PMS, and I emailed Bronwyn, and I'm like, I'm eating M&Ms, but you know what? I was just then going to be aware of how many M&Ms I put in my mouth and enjoy every single one, and I did. Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, it is... It, it, what we do to ourselves when we are in the diet mind is we stick ourselves in a tiny little box and then we throw away the key. So it is just a lose-lose situation. We don't, we can't win either way, no matter what we do. So, but the balanced health mind opens up that box and allows us to explore ourselves, our likes, our dislikes. And you know what? Most importantly, the balanced health mind is very gentle. It's very loving. And it just allows us so much joy and peace in our lives. Really, I would get your book and then actually put little sticky notes on the mirror with all these little great thoughts that you have, because your book is filled with inspirational thoughts. It's endorsed by so many great people, Deepak Chopra being the least of them. So why is it so important for us to discover what we're really hungering for? Well, that is the underlying. Well, we think we're craving food. Let's say, for instance, we're going for the the cookies or the cakes or the salty and the crunchy. We think that it's about the food. But what I would encourage you to do, unless your stomach is absolutely growling and you feel faint and you're ready to pass out because you haven't nourished your body, um, I, would ask you, I would ask you to ask yourself this question, what am I really hungering for? Because that's going to get you to the root of why it is you're craving this food. Are you craving this food because you are lonely, because you are craving love at this moment, comfort, security? Maybe you just had a fight with your spouse or your boss and you're feeling a little uneasy. When we get in touch with our bodies and we really started along this journey, it is just paramount that we get to know our emotions around the food. Um, we, well, I want to ask you one question. Um, so you're not saying that if you are hungering for chocolate, it, it means something about you. Like yesterday, I actually am a person that doesn't like chocolate, but my body, <laughs> I asked my body and it really did want some, so I actually found some in the house. So I actually had a little bite of chocolate. What does that say? But other than well, it PMS. Sounds like, it sounds like to me um, you, your body was needing certain, certain nutrients from the chocolate, I guess. I'm not That's quite sure. That's what I thought. You know, it's so funny because I really am not a chocolate person. So, But I thought, well, you know what? It, 
I did think about it going in my mouth. So it wasn't like I was going to eat the whole thing. Yes, yeah. And so, and so, but many times, many times, it is due to our emotional state. It truly is about the fact that maybe we just got, got dumped by our partner, or maybe we just got something happened in our lives, and they, you know, we are feeling like we're lonely, we're needing love. Well, what we have done in our society is we have replaced the authentic love and comfort and security with food. And what we know is that food will never, ever give you what you are looking for. You may have a momentary high because of the chemicals and everything in the food, but then you will crash down even lower, and that hungering, that desire inside of you, that love and comfort that really needed to be addressed will come back and, and knock you over the head again, <laughs> because that's the root. That's what it's real, your body is really hungering for. And when you say that, it actually it actually becomes kind of fun to realize what different foods do for your body, nourish your body. I mean, for instance, vegetables and roots and berries and all the different things and how it nourishes parts of your body. Yes. I mean, it really is fascinating when you get to know your body. I mean, you know, I've been doing this now 11 years, and every day I have a surprise. I mean, there is something new that I learn about my body, my likes, my dislikes, and it is really a fun journey. So a lot of times, though, you know, when you are starting to get into that emotional work, it can feel overwhelming because for so many years I had stuffed down my feelings. I didn't even know what I was feeling at times. How was I to know when I was grabbing, you know, a, an entire um, box of cookies? How was I to know? Well, the way to get started is to just sit quietly with yourself in that moment, take a deep breath, and just really connect to that part in you that is quiet, that is at peace, and it's your inner intelligence that that will start speaking to you, and you speak to it and, and just really start connecting with it. It's a beautiful relationship once you get started, but it's just waiting down there. It's waiting for you to, to notice it, to become aware of it, and... Um, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing once you get started. Well, your book's a beautiful thing. I love your book. And I did do a podcast, one called Eating for Beauty, which which I really loved, you know, hearing what he had to say, what the different foods did for your body. And I do think mm-hmm. it's a great experience to go with your child. You know, I wish that our parents knew to take us to the market and say, you know, I think they told us carrots are good for your eyes, but blueberries are great for your skin. And, you know, avocados actually are good for you. They're good for men's health, too. And just starting to make it like, let's pick really great things at the market and have those things in your refrigerator ready to go when you feel like, what are you going to nourish your body with? Absolutely. I mean, that is how you set yourself up for success right there. Having the things that are going to nourish your body readily available. And there are tips and tricks on how to make that easy for you. I know that we're all busy people and we want things quick and easy. Well, there's a way. You know, you can spend the same amount of time getting in your car, driving to the fast food as you could being at home preparing a healthy meal. I mean, so for us to think that fast food is faster than healthy food, that is a myth. There's, that's just not true. 
No, and I'll say my sister also battled with this growing up, and, and when she came to stay with me, this was 10 years ago, she she always to this day thanks me because I told her, just keep a plate of chicken in the refrigerator, you know, your cut-up vegetables, your just everything that you could want, and if you feel like you're trying to be bad, take out all those veggies and dip them in some dip, and you have your chicken, you have all that there for you, and, and I think it's so important to have your refrigerator stocked with healthy foods so you don't feel like you're going to go on those binges. And and so we only have a couple more minutes. I want to try to help people like that. You're the one who's the expert on the binging and getting out of that cycle. Mm. Let's yes. one more minute on that because I think it's so important for people that have, you know, eating disorders and, and mental mentally don't love themselves, even really thin people that don't love themselves. There's anorexia, there's bulimia, there's, you know, I'm not a doctor, but we would like to give some good advice. Absolutely. I would say the very first thing, I, I, you know, the most important thing right here is to absolutely, if someone is suffering with any sort of eating disorder, would be to forgive themselves. Forgive themselves and love themselves and let them know that at this time, at this moment, they are doing the best they can with the tools that they have. It begins with releasing the past, and you do that by forgiving yourself and truly loving yourself and knowing that you are already whole, you are already complete. There is nothing that you need to do or say or be other than what you are right now and that you're beautiful, you're beautiful inside and out. That's where I would build it. I would start with forgiveness. You're a beautiful person, Bronwyn. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're running out of time. Your book is The Food is a Lie, The Truth is Within. You can go to personallifemedia.com, and please, we're going to link you to Bronwyn's website. You're also going to be able to email me at T-E-R-I at personallifemedia.com, and I'm going to give you Bronwyn's email. We're going to give you the links to her book. Her book is amazing. These podcasts don't even do it justice. Please go on our website and find out how to get her book. She, Bronwyn Marmo, appears regularly on Phoenix Channels 3, Your Life A to Z. In her segment, Spotlight on Success, she introduces a new weight loss person every single week. Bronwyn, you're amazing. I love you. Thank you for being with us. You're going to have to come back again. I mean, I can never get enough out. And also, again, go buy her book. Thank you and hugs. Saw you shopping at the North Star Mall Hardly recognize you at all It wasn't until I heard you say hello I realized you were a girl I know You look completely different Than you did in 91 A total transformation Come on, admit it You had a little work done Had a little work done Holy cow It don't matter Wow, look at you now for some fun I kind of like it since you had a little work done Remember back 
back in school, we were drunk and we kissed. And I pretended that you didn't exist. You were a cute thing, but you couldn't be the trophy girl I wanted hanging with me. You've gone from plain white bread to a honey bun. I think I'd like to have a taste now. Cause you're delicious since you had a little work done. Had a little work done, holy smoke. I noticed you, a damn near choke. I think that we should get together for some fun. I think I want you now, you had a little work done. Had a little work done. All around the town In your red convertible With the top down I heard the beauty is only skin deep They call me shallow Cause you're looking mighty sweet I never fantasized before But you wouldn't be the one But now you're in my night and day dream You're sure amazing since you had a little work done Had a little work done Holy cow It don't matter Wow, look at you now How'd you like to get Together for some fun. I kind of like you since you had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little work done. Had a little, had a little work done. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.